as an online business owner, you're creating content, you're educating and teaching, and in a way you're coaching, even if it's through a YouTube video or a podcast or a blog post. But one of the most powerful services or products you could actually offer your customers online is direct one-on-one coaching. It's not the most scalable because it's limited to your time, but it's powerful. In, in fact, it's the most powerful thing you could offer is your undivided attention on that one person. So it is a high premium on your time, and it's a great product to have in your back pocket. If you're getting into coaching either as a premium product, maybe you already have courses and memberships and the like, or if you're launching your online business and starting with coaching as the fastest thing you could do to offer value, either way, you need to know how to coach. And I got to tell you, coaching is a lot more than just giving advice. There's so much that goes into powerful, life-changing coaching, no matter what the niche is that you're in. And so what I want to do in today's episode is share with you after 13 years of coaching people in two different niches, what I have learned that makes a powerful coach. Five specific traits that are so critical. And some of these I've only been learning in the last 12 months as I've studied under some of the best coaching in the world. So sit back, relax, and let's unpack these five powerful traits of becoming a powerful coach so that you can better impact your clients, get them better results, change their lives for the better, and then ultimately raise your rates. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 183 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more to the things and people you care about. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Pumped to hang out with you today. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. If you celebrated Thanksgiving in the U.S. last week, um, I hope you had a great time with family, friends, food, football, all of those um, excited to be with you today. And I'm excited for this episode. And maybe you're listening to this and it's nowhere near Thanksgiving and you're in the future. You're like, Graham, I don't, it's not Thanksgiving, bro. It doesn't matter. I just hope you had an amazing week since we last spoke. We're going to dive into powerful coaching and I'm going to share with you five practical things you can understand about what it takes to be a powerful coach. Before we dive in though, if you need to get your online business started and you're like, how do I start to build a business where I could get clients that I could coach? How do I get an automated system of leads coming in for my coaching practice or to buy my course? Or I don't don't even have anything to sell. I just would like some kind of online business. What I do is I have an entire video workshop. It's an on-demand video workshop that teaches you how to build a passive income business, getting paid for what you know. It's what I talk about in my book. And I've got an entire free video workshop for you to do just that. And in this workshop, I walk through the four components that you need and how they integrate. I share with you all the tools and all the things that are both free and cheap that you can use. And I give you a bunch of scripts and templates that you can literally use a swipe copy to start building your online business. Even if you don't know what your idea is, I teach you how to find your profitable idea so that you can launch and make your first $1,000 a month in your online business. It's free and it's easy to do even if you only have 30 minutes a day. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Or if you're watching here on YouTube, you can click the link below this video and 
opt in for that video workshop. It's super juicy. It's about 45 minutes. It's literally my business model on the back of a napkin. No details are spared. And I walk you through how to launch your online business the right way. GrahamCochran.com slash workshop. Okay, let's dive into the content today. Your coaching, whether you realize it or not, again, like I said, even with a podcast like this, a video like this, you're coaching when you share it with people because you're you're speaking to an avatar of your audience. It's not a specific client, but you know the longer you've been helping people, you know the pain points and you know the desires they have. And so you can speak to those most um, powerfully. And then you can walk through the pitfalls and the mistakes and the strategies So in in a way, you are coaching from afar. What I'm doing right now with this episode is hopefully coaching and mentoring you from afar. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, I got books behind me. They're filled with knowledge from coaches. Every author is a coach or a mentor. If you crack open that book, you're getting free or cheap coaching and mentorship from someone who's a brilliant person, hopefully in their field and someone you admire and you want to learn from. So there's lots of ways to get coaching, but... If you have the privilege and the honor of sitting down with somebody one-on-one on on a Zoom call or a Riverside call, or now Kajabi has coaching built in. I've been using Kajabi for my my one-on-one coaching clients. It's amazing. When you sit down on that call, or if it's in person, even better, and you have that privilege, how can you show up powerfully to bring about life change for that individual on the other side of the screen or the other, other side of the table? That's what I want to talk about today. And what I want to do is just share with you five traits of a powerful coach that I've learned from coaching and making a lot of mistakes. I'm going to share those with you. Um, And then also being coached by some of the best. Um, This year in particular, I've had the privilege of sitting under the coaching of Rich Litvin, who's a brilliant man. He wrote a fantastic book called The Prosperous Coach, which is really a book about how to get coaching clients. A little little bit less on the how to actually coach side of things, but it's his method for getting and enrolling clients. It's a fantastic book, The Prosperous Coach, and Rich is just a, a brilliant guy. Um, and so I followed his stuff for a couple of years now, and I've, I spent the last year working with him um, in a group coaching setting and learning a ton from him, which has been awesome. So I've, I've allowed some of his thinking to just like marinate in my head this past year, and it's changed some of my thoughts on things, and I'm combining that with all my experience, both good and bad in coaching people. And what I boiled it down to for you are these five most important traits of a powerful coach today. So let's dive in right away. Number one is be the guide, not the hero. Okay, this is Donald Miller, who wrote a fantastic book, Building a Story Brand, or How to Build a Story Brand. You should go read that book. If you want to understand how to be appealing to customers, speak in a way that they pay attention and want to buy from you, read How to Build a Story Brand, Donald Miller. He's a, an author, a fiction author by trade, and he he took these seven elements of every good story for the hero's journey and has applied it to marketing. I've done an entire episode on that here on the channel if you want the cliff notes. But one of the most important things he teaches is as a business, as a marketer, as a coach, You need to be the guide, not the hero. Here's what happens by default, even without you thinking about it. When you go into coach mode, you try to prop yourself up and be the hero. So you're trying to focus on like your accomplishments, your achievements, why they should hire you basically, and why they should pay whatever your rate is. And you want to use that on the front end to get the client 
And then you you do that in the coaching session because what do you want? You want them to walk away from every session feeling like they got value. And so you're you're so insecure and so dead set on, on making sure they got value that you're focusing so much on yourself to be the hero. Like so you look strong, so you look smart giving them tons of great advice, tons of great content, which we'll talk about both advice and content a little bit later. And in the end, all you're doing is making yourself the hero and they're the, they're the poor victim in the story. And if you act like the hero, one of the things, one of the things Rich Lipton says, if you act like the hero, you're going to attract victims. And Donald Miller says, don't try to be the hero of the story because you're not. You're the guide in the story. You're the Obi-Wan Kenobi to Luke Skywalker, Right. Um, you're the Dumbledore to Harry Potter. Like Harry Potter's the hero, but Dumbledore's got all the wisdom, but he's not trying to be the hero. He's trying to guide Harry Potter how to make decisions, how to process these things, how to mature and develop, right? Same thing with Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's not trying to be the hero. He's trying to help Luke Skywalker become a Jedi, face down his fears, face down Darth Vader and the Empire. So, one way this looks practically in the in a coaching session, I'm talking about you've already somehow landed a client. Now we're in the coaching session, how to powerfully coach them, is don't start with what you want to talk about as the coach. Start with what they want to talk about. And one practical way is to ask this question at the beginning of the session. What would make this a really valuable conversation to you? Right? You are the servant. You're here to serve them. The only way to serve them is to know what they need help with. So put the ball in their court at the very beginning of each session. Even if you know the gist of what they're going to need help with, ask them in this moment because things might have changed minutes before they jumped on the call with you. They have a fight with their spouse, they, their kids, it's a, it's a stressful situation, they got bad news, or they're in a great mood, or they got a, a new opportunity they're excited about, or something's shifted. You have no idea. So don't assume you know how to guide them along. A real guide will ask, where are you trying to go? Let's see if I can help you there. And so in a coaching session, ask them, what would make this a really valuable conversation for you? And then listen. Listen to what they say. You might have thought you wanted to take the conversation in one direction, but if they say, I really would love to know what to do about X, Y, and Z, or I'm really struggling with this, or I don't know how to process this, the way to be a powerful coach is to meet them there in whatever they brought up as what would make that a really valuable conversation. You can ask this question at the beginning of a coaching package. Let's say you've signed somebody up, you've enrolled them for a three-month package, 90 days working with you. At the beginning of all of those sessions, you can say, what would make this coaching arrangement, these next three months, really valuable for you? What would you want to achieve? What would you want to see? Some of the language I love Rich Lippin uses is what would you like to create together over the next 90 days? You're starting by not assuming you know what they want. You're starting, even if you probably know, and even if 95% of your clients all want the same thing, ask them in their own words, what, what would make these next three months valuable or this next year valuable? or this, this specific 90-minute call valuable, what would make this really, really valuable for you? That is the absolute best way for you to do what you want to do, which is feel good about yourself, feel confident, feel like you delivered value. If, if your fear is, will I deliver enough value? The best way to do that is to ask what they want and what they find valuable in that moment and then speak to that. So trait number one is being the guide, not the hero. 
There's a lot we could talk about there. But again, there's so much psychology of this isn't about you, the coach. This isn't about you feeling good about yourself. The best way to feel good as a coach is to get your clients results. And the best way to get them results is to truly listen to them and to guide them where they want to go, not where you think they should go, not where you guide all your clients. There should be no generic coaching. It should really be bespoke. It should be really tailored to what is coming up for them in that season of their life or in that moment of their day. And the best way to do that is by resetting every time. And what would make this a really valuable conversation for you? Trait number two, powerful coaches challenge their clients' thinking, not their thoughts. Challenge their thinking, not their thoughts. What do I mean? Um, you might ask a question. They might unpack, you know, so what's coming up for you? What are you struggling with? What, where are you stuck in your business and your weight loss journey and learning French? Whatever it is you coach them to do. And they're going to tell you what they think they're struggling with. They're going to tell you what they think the solution is. They're going to just share their thoughts. Their thoughts are only one level deep or one layer deep. It's so easy to immediately go into their thoughts. Okay, that's a great point. Well, let's talk about that. X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. I'll show you how to do that. I can answer that question. The problem is real good coaches don't just address the thoughts that their clients have. They go one level deeper and address and challenge the thinking that led to those thoughts. If we can challenge or change their thinking for the better, they're going to have better thoughts. Healthier thinking leads to healthier thoughts. Bigger thinking leads to bigger thoughts. So instead of addressing them on that surface level of the thought or the words that are coming out, address the thinking behind it. So I'll give you an example. In my line of work, so many clients will say, hey, I want more views on my YouTube channel or my YouTube videos. Can you help me do that? Or that's what I'm really stressed out with right now because that's a, that's a specific thing in the online business world. So I might have a client hypothetically across the screen from me who's like, hey, I want more YouTube views. And I could help them get more YouTube views. I mean, there's just specific things you could do to get more views. Well, you know, let's, let's talk about um, maybe doing more content around trends or news or it's, you know, do some seasonal videos around certain holidays or certain things are happening. We could talk about it. We could talk about their thumbnail strategy. We could talk about looking at some of their analytics. I could coach them around the topic of getting more YouTube views. But what I should do as a coach is challenge why they want more YouTube views in the first place. Let me, let's, let's go pat. Okay. Nice comment. I'm going to jump over that. What's the thinking that's leading to you thinking you need more YouTube views. We could probably have a more powerful conversation about what is really wanted and needed. Is it that they just want more revenue and they think more views will lead to more revenue? There's other ways to increase their revenue without increasing their views. Is it a wrong belief about credibility and they just want to have more credibility with their customers and clients. And so they were like, if I could just get more views on my channel, I would come across as more credible. We can, we, we can address that thinking as well and challenge that thinking as well. I'm much more interested in what's behind the thought and the thinking behind the thought. That's where you're really going to not just push buttons, but you're going to like get into the nitty gritty of what's going on in their heart, and in their mind, where 
they feel exposed in a good way, like, whoa, we really did some deep work on the thing. And he didn't just give me some good advice on how to grow my YouTube channel. That's what's going to make your client walk away feeling like this was a powerful session because Graham was actually not even taking the bait that I didn't even think was bait. He was skipping over the question or the comment or the thought and getting to the heart of what's making me think that thought just to make sure that my thinking was correct. Maybe it was correct, but maybe he challenged my thinking. That sticks with a client for a long, long time. And ultimately, that's what a real coach is supposed to do is challenge the thinking because our thoughts are everything. Beliefs are everything. The beliefs we have, whether conscious or subconscious, dictate most of what we do in our lives and dictate most of the results we get. That's why you can't poo-poo or make fun of mindset and mindset content. And when people want to talk about the mindset, mindset is everything because you can have all the tactics, you can have all the strategy, you can have all the intelligence in the world. But if you have a wrong belief about something, you're never going to get anywhere. I literally find myself answering people's questions about making money in their business, but the more I press, the more I realize, oh, you have a a false belief that you don't deserve to be successful in business, and so you are self-sabotaging. Gay Hendricks would call it, you have an upper limit problem. doesn't matter how many strategies I give you on growing your business, you are going to self-sabotage subconsciously and not allow yourself to be successful because there's something that happened probably in your childhood or probably you have some powerful experience with someone that led or implanted a belief in you that success is inherently bad and that you should keep your head down and you should be average. And you might not think it that explicitly, but it's this implicit belief that is dictating your results. And so you'll never be successful because you won't allow yourself to be at a subconscious level. How weird and messed up is that? This is real stuff. So you can find these things out the more you pry, the more you dig, and that's where you're going to be able to really give people crazy results when you can help change their thinking. People are powerful beings, and they're going to be able to have incredible insights and do incredible things and they're going to attribute it to you, but it's really because you messed with their thinking. Which leads me to the next two traits of a powerful coach. Number three is your job is to show them just how powerful they are. So much of a good coach, his or her role, is simply to show her client just how powerful she is. Uh, I've heard Jordan Peterson say in a lecture once that actually multiple times, it's astonishing to him going around the world speaking and lecturing and writing books, how discouraged people are, young men and women, how discouraged people are in life and how little encouragement they need to just be lifted up out of the just mire and the, the dirt and the mess and the mud. They're so beat down. They're so discouraged by life by the world we're living in today, by social media, just giving them too many messages at once, that it does not take much, is his point, encouragement or empowerment to just blow them up in such a great way. And so I apply that to coaching. I view my job as a coach is to encourage and empower the person across the screen from me or across the table from me and show them just how amazing and how powerful they are. So few people have someone in their corner 
probably their parents were the first people that should have been in their corner supporting them, mentoring them. And so many of us just didn't really have that in a mom or a dad. Maybe our mom and dad were fine or good, nothing bad, maybe, but maybe they just weren't that empowering or encouraging or uplifting or that involved. And some of us have had a horrible childhoods where your parents were the opposite of that. They were actually detrimental. They were, they were harming you, not just neutral, they were harming you. So many of us had did not have that as a parent, or maybe you don't have a true mentor in your life. So a lot of what people are hiring in a coach without realizing it is a confidant and someone who can believe in them and show them and remind them, hold a mirror up to them and say, this is you, you are powerful, you are valuable, you are doing great things in the world. Yeah, you got problems, so do I. Yeah, you haven't figured it all out, neither have I. But if I could do nothing else today in our session but to show you a mirror of just how amazing you are, then I'm going to do that. So this is the encouragement. This is the empowerment. Like helping them believe in themselves is so underrated and so valuable and priceless. I don't know if you can put a price tag on this because confidence leads to millions of dollars and lack of confidence leads to a really disinterested, unsuccessful life. Confidence is one of these weird things that is hard to quantify, but if you can instill confidence and self-belief in somebody, they can take over the world. So how can you put a price on that? It's worth a lot of money. So empowering them, showing them just how powerful they are is part of that. There's a flip side to this trait though, and that is holding your clients to a really high standard. Part of what I do and I do this now even in my proposals. So let's say I've jumped on a, a, a free coaching session with a potential client. I, I connect with somebody who seems really interesting and we have a coaching session. I get to know them. I get to know what they're trying to create, what, what success they wanna create in their life. I find out what they've tried in the past, where they're getting stuck. I share sort of where I feel like I could come alongside and help them, maybe where I couldn't help them, but what I feel like I could really do to add value. And I sort of project out what I think I would do with them if they were a client of mine. And I ask if this is interesting to them and if they would like me to give them a proposal or what it would look like to work together. If they say yes, I go back and I craft up a proposal and I send it over to them. In that proposal, I do a lot of things. But one of the things I do is I have a line in that proposal which says after all the benefits that they're going to get and all the things I feel like we could do together, I, I have this line and I learned this from Rich Litvin uh, because it, it made so much sense to me. I have a line in there about here's what, if we were to work together, if this sounds good to you and we were to work together, this is after I share the price also, I say, here's what I require of you. That word is very intentional, by the way. Here's what I require of you if we're going to work together. And it's very simple stuff, but it's you show up on time for every single call that we agree to, that your phone is off and you are 100% present for those 90 minutes while we're on the call where you give me your undivided attention and that you will take action on the things that we agree together that you need to take action on after a call. These are very baseline things, but they're, they're a starting point for what I'm trying to instill in my clients and show them is that, look, 
This isn't all on me to show up and powerfully serve you. This is on you to show up and powerfully serve yourself by being committed to the process, by being committed to the time, by being focused and not distracted, by realizing, yeah, you're paying me, but my time is even more valuable than what you're paying me. And so if I'm gonna show up and commit to serving you, I want you to show up and we're gonna partner together and co-create together and I want you to take it just as seriously as I'm gonna take it. It instills in them a standard of, oh, Graham's not playing around. Oh, Graham's not just here trying to collect a check. Like he actually is ready to go. And you know this when you've ever watched a documentary of, a, of an athlete that had a very intense coach or series of coaches and you and they talk about coach so-and-so just like was super serious and super strict. And why, why was that coach strict? That coach was trying to weed out the players that don't really need to be there who aren't serious, but was trying to raise the level of excellence in the room or on the field or in the stadium or whatever it is to raise the player's level of expectations for themselves. Most of us don't have anybody holding us to a high standard. Especially you and I, we're business owners. We, we can do whatever we want. And that's a bad thing a lot of times because unless we hold ourselves to a very high standard of excellence, we're gonna slack off. We're gonna phone it in. We're not gonna do content when we don't feel like it. We're not gonna really dive into learning how to write good sales copy. We're gonna write it so we feel like it's good enough. And if it's not converting, we're like, well, I guess it's just a bad product. And instead of iterating and making it better, we need someone to hold us to a high standard. So if someone's coming to you to coach them, implement that same logic on them. Like no one is holding them to a high standard, likely. You might be the only person they interact with in a given month or year that holds them to a high standard in any area of their life. So be that for them. Be that coach, be that mentor for them that says, if, you're gonna, if I'm gonna take you seriously, you have to take yourself and this coaching relationship Seriously. Number four trait. Create, like powerful coaches create space for insight. They don't just answer questions. Okay, this is the difference between consulting and coaching. And there's always an overlap and I'm always doing a mix of both. But people are gonna ask you questions. How do, how do I do X? How do I do Y? And you are probably so smart and knowledgeable in your field, you can probably give them a really good answer. And if you're like me, you're insecure about any one-on-one -on -one coaching relationship, especially if you're charging the rates that I'm charging and I keep raising my rates and it scares the crap out of me. So if they're paying me a crap ton of money, I wanna deliver a crap ton of value. And so I naturally think they ask a question, I better have a really good answer, an answer they've never heard before that blows their mind. So they're like, whoa, he was really worth that amount of money. This is faulty thinking. And I, I'm working really hard on challenging this. The best way to add value isn't to answer their questions outright. And I'm not saying you don't ever answer questions. Don't mishear me. But the most powerful experience they could have is for them to come to their own insight. If somebody asks you a question, sometimes the best answer is another question to them. To force them to think, which most people don't have time for. Force them to process, which most people never do. They have just maybe some loose thoughts rattling around in their head and to force them to reflect, which most people don't make time for or it feels uncomfortable. If you can resist the urge to give them an amazing answer that makes you look smart and answer a question with another question that forces them to think and then bite your tongue, just literally close your mouth and wait. If you could do that, 
sit in the awkward space, sit in the silence, you'll be doing the most important thing you could ever do as a coach, which is create space for them to come to an insight on their own. So let's go back to the example of the YouTube videos. Client tells me, Graham, I really want to increase my YouTube views. How, what's the best way to do that? What, what would you say? If I ask them, how would having more views on your YouTube channel grow your business? So I've answered the question with a question. Now they're having to think. I close my mouth. I wait patiently. I want to force them to think. They might have a quick answer. Well, you know, um, it, it, more views means more people opting into my email funnel. That's more people going through my funnel and make more money, you know, also could monetize more on the ad. You know, they might have a quick answer. So that if I could follow up with a, a more probing question, something like, fair point. What is another way you could grow your business and grow your income without growing your YouTube views, if you had to. If I said you can't grow your views on YouTube, this is all you'll ever have, what would be another way you think you could 2X your income without growing your YouTube views? Like, this is a question you'd think they would be asking me, but I'm asking them now. Mouth shut, wait patiently, get them to think. Well, um, I could launch another product, I could promote more regular. You see, see what they start to do. Just let them go through this processing on their own and come to insights. And you can guide them along. You can throw them some bones. You can, you can steer them a little bit as you start to see the, the cogs and the wheels turning in their head. But if they can arrive at an insight, especially if you're asking questions on a why question, why do you think you do this? Or why do you think this has been a struggle for you? If you allow them to process some of these unprocessed thoughts, they will arrive at an insight that they will never forget because they arrived at it. You didn't give them the insight. They discovered it for themselves. And a lot of times as a coach, you will see that happening on the screen, on the camera, and, you, and you'll know it's happening. You see it and they're like, oh, like their shoulders drop. You, you, they breathe a little bit differently and you can ask them sometimes what just happened or what's happening right now and, and get them to explain what they're thinking, what they're feeling and help them articulate what they're coming up, what's coming up for them of what that insight is. And then when they share it, if you know that it's powerful, acknowledge that it's powerful and acknowledge that it's significant. And if they're not writing it down, that encourages them, they might want to write that down. And say, like, look, you you came to this insight. This is a powerful insight you discovered. You're, you're empowering them by them realizing it was them that came to the insight. Your job was just guiding them there. You didn't give it to them. You created space for them to have that insight. So much more powerful. It'll stick with them forever. And this leads to the fifth and final trait of being a powerful coach, which is powerful coaches don't lean on content or curriculum. They're present in the room. I don't want you to lean on content or curriculum. I want you to be present in the room. This was my greatest struggle. I love content. Number one, I'm good at it. Number two, I think everyone needs more content, more education. Number three, and I'm a natural teacher. And so I remember my early days of coaching, 
it would be constant. It'd be like, all right, well, on this session, I'm going to teach you X. And on the next session, I'm going to teach you how to do Y. And then on the third session, I'm going to teach you how to do Z. Do you have any questions? Great, great, great. And I would basically teach the content that I'm teaching here, but teach it to them live and then give them the chance to ask me questions about it. Now, don't mishear me. Content can be a powerful part of coaching, giving them videos, giving them you know, you know, charts or graphs or frameworks that you could just give them to work on in their own time. You could teach them a little bit on the live call. If you're doing any kind of group coaching, a lot of times content can be a big part of it. Like this week, you're going to take the group through this content or it can be an asynchronous course. They all go through on their own, but then when you get together live, you're dissecting the content. Content has its role, but at its basic with one-on-one coaching, I don't want you to lean on content because that's not as powerful, not nearly as powerful as being present to what's happening in the room, which goes back to the very first question I said you could ask them at the beginning of a session is what would make this a really valuable conversation to you? Whatever they say, there's no way you could prepare for it. So you don't need to prepare. It almost takes the pressure off you as a coach. It's more about showing up and powerfully listening engaging, creating space for insight, showing them how powerful they are, challenging their thinking, not their thoughts, and being so present to what is happening that you speak to that moment. You're having a real dynamic moment that will never be recreated. It'll never be the same. It's not part of a curriculum. You don't tell everyone to do the same thing. Now, you might have similar bits of advice for similar problems that people have, but what makes a powerful coaching session and ultimately powerful coaching transformation is you listening more than you teaching and you being present to what's happening in the room and being willing to just drop wherever you wanted to go that day and go wherever it's most valuable or most needed. And the only way to do that is to not lean on content. If you're gonna do content, make it a very small part of the call. Keep your phone completely off or do not disturb. Don't have anything distracting you in the room so that you can be 100% dialed into that person in the room. That's where the magic happens. And you might be afraid, if you're a new coach, that you might be afraid to do this. And that's why you want content to, to give you some structure to, to help you feel like you have something to hold on to, like a, like, a, like a crutch in the best sense, like you're not going to fall over. It's there to prop you up in a good way. I understand. That's been my experience as well. But as I've been coached, by more coaches, as I've done more coaching myself, and as I've doubled and doubled and doubled my rates over and over and over again, like I'm, I'm realizing the more powerful sessions I've had are the ones where I've tossed out all the content. I've asked what they need, what would make this a valuable conversation for them. And sometimes they're just asking me how I think about things. And so I'll share, but I'll come back with questions about where is that coming up for you and why is that important to you or where are you getting stuck around this and just listening and then just creating space for that insight. They walk away feeling like one of my most recent coaching clients. I remember I was scared to death because um, my new rates came out this year and it cost over $50,000 to work with me one-on-one. And I remember in, in that first session, and thinking like, okay, is, is, is he going to feel like this is worth $50,000? And I remember after the first call, I'm saying, Graham, I know we've only had one call and we're working together for a whole year. Um, he's like, this has already been priceless. Priceless, meaning it's not only worth the 50K plus that I, I'm, he's paying me, it's worth infinitely more. 
which I know in my heart it will be because I can help people make millions of dollars or experience massive life change or cut their hours down in half, which is worth way more than money because your time is the most valuable resource you have. I know at one level that I'm providing that kind of value, but even I get insecure no matter what I'm charging. And so having no content and just showing up with what's present for him, where, where can I serve you today? What would make this valuable? What's coming up for you right now? And speaking into that and all the mindsets and then the practical stuff and answering the practical questions as well. First session, Graham, this was priceless. And I was like, wow, that, yeah, that's right. That's what powerful coaching is. It's being so present in the room because where else are they gonna get one-on-one attention by someone whose sole job is to be there with their eyes and their heart and their mind. Even your spouse doesn't do that because your spouse is distracted. Your spouse has things on his or her mind. It's hard. And they're your, your biggest supporter. But because there's money and hopefully a lot of money being exchanged and it's professional, this person is dialed into you as a client. Where else are you going to get that experience? If you could be 100% present for your client, that's so valuable just by being there and being there for them you're giving them something that they're not going to get anywhere else. Not their best friend, not their mom, not their dad, not their spouse can be that dialed in. So that is a lot of the value you're bringing is showing up and being present. And that's also where you as the coach will be able to notice things to challenge, to push, to empower, to encourage. That's powerful coaching. Be the guide, not the hero. Challenge their thinking, not their thoughts. Show them just how powerful they are and hold them to a high standard. Create space for insight. Don't just answer questions. And don't lean on content. Be present in the room. Question for you. One, have you ever coached anybody one-on-one? Yes or no? And two, in a comment below if you're watching on YouTube, which of these traits resonated with you the most? That you're like, I need to really press into that that you feel like would help unlock even more powerful results for your clients and help you feel more powerful as a coach? Which one of those five? Let me know in a, in a comment below. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, I want you to answer that. Don't worry about all five. What's the one that in your next coaching session you really want to press into? Write that down, journal that out a little bit and practice that in your next or first coaching session and watch the results you get for your client and for yourself. And if you are a coach or you, you have a, a business online, but you want to scale it and automate it, you need to watch my Passive Income Workshop. It's all about automation. It's all about how this business model works truly to scale because I make seven figures a year, but it's not from one-on-one coaching. That's part of it. But the majority of it is asynchronous products, group coaching products. And I want to show you how to get continuous leads, figure out your, your idea how to build your first product and how to automate the sale of that product so that you can scale your income and so that you can work with a select few people one-on-one that you really love, that really inspire you. And you can do powerful coaching, but knowing that it's part of a larger business model that pays you whether you're coaching or not. It's absolutely free. Click the link below the video if you're watching on YouTube or go to grahamcochran.com slash workshop. Have an amazing rest of your day. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I sure did. I love this stuff. I'll see you on another episode very soon.